Thank you for listening in right now. Glad to have you here. My name is Nyla, and this is Greener Thoughts. I help you understand the environment today so you can experience a greener life. Let's connect online. You can reach Greener Thoughts by voice message. The anchor.fm link is in each episode's show notes. You can do so via the Anchor app or by email at greenerthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Hello and welcome everyone. There are not any episode announcements or environmental um, announcements or different holidays for the podcast episode. So I figured to just move on with the next segment, our first segment up. So, of course, it is headlines from the hemispheres. A quick briefing on all types of environmental news all across the globe. The first headline is about plastic recycling in Asian waters. So, study finds that plastic recycling from Europe being dumped in Asian waters. And I checked this out on Environmental News Network, an awesome site for all things news. And this story comes out of Ireland. Now, it had uh, done some research and was sort of a collaborative effort from the NUI Galway and the University of Limerick. And they were quantifying the the volume of plastic uh, being sent uh, from European countries abroad. And most of that uh, plastic littering uh, was exported, um, even though it was to be for recycling. The recycling uh, of the plastic um, was to be done overseas. And so places like the UK, the uh, EU, Switzerland, Norway, uh, they, um, these Uh, countries and regions had their uh, plastic quantified in huge numbers. And the researchers estimated that there was a best case uh, averaging and a worst case averaging for the numbers of ocean debris and the pathways um, that uh, led to the recycling being exported back in 2017, so not too long ago. So the estimates ranged from 32,115 tons uh, to 180,558 tons, or about 1 to 7% of all the European polyethylene uh, eventually ended up in the ocean. Polyethylene is a horrible plastic. It is a really common type of plastic that's used in Europe. And places like the UK, Slovenia, and Italy actually had some of the highest shares of plastic outside of the Europe when it comes to exporting their waste. And also, that meant that inevitably, they would see higher uh, plastic um, amounts of uh, plastic from those countries uh, being seen in the ocean as debris. For more on the research, it is published in the scientific journal, Environment International. The next story is out of India and has to do with locusts. So swarms of desert locusts fill the sky over Indian city of Gurugram. And I checked it out on HuffPost in the environment section. And again, this story comes out of India. 
Now, this took place in late June, and it featured Desert Locust, of course, invading the city, uh, Gurugram. Uh, hopefully, I'm pronouncing it right, and that city is, you know, uh, pretty next to, uh, pretty much next to the um, uh, capital of India, New Delhi, and it sort of... Um, made sure that uh, officials were uh, trying to keep the locusts out of uh, people's homes and businesses. So they uh, ordered people uh, to shut the windows and sort of ward off the insects with utensils and anything that they had at their disposal. At their disposal. Uh, India is, um, you know, battling one of the worst uh, outbreaks of the locusts that's had in decades. And so they use uh, insecticide uh, sprays from uh, fire engines, specialist vehicles uh, in seven populous states of India uh, within the north, center and west of the country, India. And... Um, there were many farmers who were concerned about their crops, um, even though the locusts didn't do severe damage to their crops. Um, so uh, that was a worry just for the farmers um, uh, in regards to the locusts. And next and lastly is the um, headline about plants and how they process information. So to listen is to survive, unraveling how plants process information. And I checked it out on ScienceDaily.com. I love, love, love that site for all things uh, science and research packed. As you know, it's one of my top websites for brief um, uh, headlines and all types of summary information about uh, news and environmental research. So this uh, story comes out of Germany where it had researchers that were mapping the uh, network signaling of plants and how uh, plants process information and how they go about that, about their uh, environment of, of where these plants are. And so this uh, research is pretty important because it has great potential in protecting crops and uh, th thriving uh, times of when, you know, uh, crops can spring up and be uh, most viable. And then also in times of drought, it can, you know, sort of give insight to uh, when that could happen for plants. The team was um, conducting their research at the Institute of Network Biology, and they charted the protein, protein network of plants and experimentally tested more than 17 million protein pairs for physical interactions uh, and uh, in their latest bioinformatics uh, methods. And then after the genetic testing, the team found that most proteins function in multiple signaling pathways that have to do with them both being physically and functionally intertwined. Uh, the professor, who was one of the leaders of the research, he said, quote, This insight might open new strategies for biotechnological development or breeding of plants to adjust the challenges of climate change in farming. End quote. There are a few different reasons why um, I thought that this episode would be uh, more impactful, mainly because we interact with objects all the time products and some of them are recyclable and some of them aren't so I figured why not decode essentially what the uh, symbols on the uh, bottles or boxes uh, end up looking like and even if we can uh, recycle uh, most of the products that we interact with and use. 
it can be kind of confusing sometimes and uh, I figured this was long overdue even though I've done several episodes on recycling of different items, how to reduce um, your, your uh, use of plastic, how to make the most out of what you have already. Um, I even did an episode about how recycling is the problem, um, but that was in a and a, a way of, of saying that we don't have to uh, buy things just because we know that we can recycle them. Like, use what you can, uh, make use of it, use all of the different R's, um, because reduce, reuse, recycle, you know, in that sense, uh, recycling is one of the last steps, uh, but it is one of the three R's. Um, I feel like, um, you know, sometimes we um, think that... Uh, Things that we can recycle are useful, which is is true, but we should also be able to use those products, those things that we buy. Um, and not every, you know, object, um, you know, every tool that we have in our disposal is um, one that's marked as recyclable. So we can learn a bit more about the materials that we come in contact with, our paper, our metals, our glass, and other such things. Um, and for everything that can't be recycled, there are other uses that we can have for it. So uh, I uh, found out a bunch of the information mostly from treehugger.com and a few other sites. So let's dive into uh, uh, reviewing the recycling uh, symbols quickly and then when not to recycle. So as we know, plastics is a huge um, part of the recycling stream, although not always uh, recycled um, fairly. You know, some you know places where you may live may have different uh, restrictions or laws or requirements on uh, different types of plastics that may be recycled and others that are hard to recycle may be disposed of. But in any case, uh, most uh, plastics contain bisphenol A or polystyrene or polyvinyl chloride, and these have detrimental effects on our health and our environment. And we're going to cover each of the plastics names, some of the products that you'll see it um, in use of, and then it's recyclability. So let's uh, go into the plastics, and they're split into about seven categories, so they're pretty um, you know, easy to remember. So the first is polyethylene terephthalate, which is PET. And you'll see it in your common products like uh, single-use plastic water bottles that you drink from or even soft drink bottles. So easy to remember. And as far as the recyclability, they are widely accepted. Number two is your high-density polyethylene or PEHD. And you will come across it in your retail bags like that you get from the store, grocery store, supermarket, a retail store, your milk jugs. Uh, if you do, uh, for example, buy you know regular milk or maybe coconut milk or another type of drink like that. And also your shampoo bottles if you use a liquid shampoo, conditioner or anything like that. Uh, as far as this recyclability, it is widely accepted as well. Number three is polyvinyl chloride, or PVC, and it is most likely seen in toys, like kids' toys, or maybe for like adults, like with figurines, or something that's a bit uh, thick, um, and it's, it's really, really stable. Um, you also come across it in food containers, sometimes wraps, um, which is, um, you know, pretty gross, but they, they usually um, are... Um, in in things that are to be used, but you 
kind of come across it uh, when it comes to food containers, but you'll also see it in something like vinyl siding. Not all the time uh, you'll see it though. As far as its recyclability, it's extremely limited. You know, there are some um, recyclers that will accept uh, number three plastic, some won't. And as you'll see um, in the um, the increase of the numbers of the different types of plastics, that their recyclability will kind of be limited or changed depending on where you live. Number four is low density polyethylene or PELD. You'll see it in extremely thin plastic bags. Um, sometimes you'll see those as number two as well, but most often um, if they're number four, they're pretty thin. Um, and then you'll see it uh, come across it in plastic containers as well, like your soap dispensers, for example, and cling food wraps. So cling food wraps, most often those aren't uh, recycled and most um, places where you'll see they, they are so, you know, um, rummaged with food or bits like that that most people don't you know, clean them and so they're easily discarded. As far as their recyclability, um, uh, low density polyethylene, PELD, can be recycled but you're going to have to check locally uh, in your county or where you live um, to see if it even can be recycled. Number five is polypropylene or PP and you will come across it in straws which where I live are not recyclable, um, yogurt cups and also other types of food containers. Um, I sometimes see number five containers but not all the time. Um, I, I mostly handle um, and deal with number twos and threes, sometimes fours as far as um, food container usage. As far as its recyclability, it can be recycled, but uh, you can just check with your recycler locally and how they accept that waste or maybe don't accept that waste. Number six is polystyrene or PS, and you will come across it and see it mostly in styrofoam containers and cups um, and sometimes takeout containers, especially if they haven't gone green and, you know, um, come in and transition to paper or maybe bamboo um, or compostable uh, such items. It is sometimes accepted at different um, recyclers um, or wherever um, you you know may live maybe in your household maybe there is a program special program um, to uh, recycle polystyrene or styrofoam cups but there is low demand uh, for uh, recycled styrofoam so that's a reason why it doesn't have as much acceptance number seven the last one is other or other types of plastic which um is uh, the types of plastics that you won't see in the other six categories, so it will definitely include uh, BPA, um, polycarbonate, bio-based plastics, which most often are kind of a problem, especially when it comes to trying to get them to, to compost or be recycled. But bio-based plastics are a, a trip, really, and I don't really advise of using them anymore because they're hard to break down, especially in household composters. Uh, as far as uh, products, you'll see number seven, um, seen in, you'll see it in water bottles, definitely, um, and food containers. 
and generally they are not recyclable which is a uh, waste uh, but sometimes uh, bio-based plastics can be recycled but they have to be done under extreme you know pressure under extreme measures and with different equipment than again your regular household um, composters and equipment that you're used to so let's uh, tap into other types of materials which uh, we commonly use every day so your paper and your glass for example so as far as paper definitely we use you know paper cardboard um, all types of different um, a poster board all types of different uh, paper that we use uh, you know frequently and most often these are recycled and recyclable but common exceptions are going to be your paper towels napkins and even plastic coated boxes now if you have a paper product it can definitely be recycled but uh, it will have uh, either one or maybe um, another one of these uh, following recycling symbols you'll have a 20 uh, 20 pap for cardboard and 21 pap for something like mixed paper like those of your magazines and junk mail or regular mail 22 you'll see 22 pap you'll see in your letter letterhead paper um, and that's where um, it can uh, be distinguished from other types of paper and next is your glass glass we use it um, as part of jars beverage containers uh, food containers sometimes even cookware and definitely glass can be recycled um, and as far as maybe other items that you'd see it in as far as like electronics there are definitely programs locally that you can check out to see if your component can even be recycled because it has a mix of electronics and glass um, a part of it so you'll see numbers such as 70 glass for mixed glass is how you can distinguish it 71 uh, glass it's clear glass 72 glass it's green glass and then lastly your metals these are definitely most likely um, going to be recycled where you live locally for anything else that's metal you can check uh, where you live locally uh, for your you know Sydney city um, or you know town region like that uh, parish county uh, etc where you live you'll see the numbers 40 fe for steel and 41 alu for aluminum now we're gonna dive in uh, to uh, when not to recycle which um, unfortunately there are going to be times when you have no idea what to do with this object it's it's disgusting disgusting it's grody it is hazardous it's dangerous um, and you know you can't fix it it's it's radioactive for example um, because you'll see that with uh, items that will warn you that they are radioactive or it's a complete biohazard and it's it's human waste your pee and poo or it's, it's chemicals it's composed of chemicals um, and, and they, these aren't biodegradable and these um, chemicals uh, are toxic and they're, they're not non-toxic uh, although also other times you'll see um, items that are flammable so these are your non-natural cleaning materials for example like maybe your stove cleaner your wood cleaner um, oil-based sprays cleaning um, materials any wood products especially other things that are flammable too um, definitely something that will catch fire 
these you know may not be of course recyclable and of course things that are toxic poisonous um especially if they have maybe seals um around them like they're they're baby proof so no babies can get to them but they still have the warning labels on them and then of course these um containers and objects are you know dangerous and they're toxic so you can keep in mind um, for these things and other things like batteries, electronics, anything that has a, a dangerous symbol, they should never be thrown away or recycled. You know, electronics like your remote, um, anything like that, TVs, anything of that sort, definitely should not be just thrown away or put on the curb. Um, and so you'll just check with your local, you know, sanitation department, local um, uh, waste department where you live um, to see you know how waste should be disposed of properly where you live in your area. For recycling, it is like second nature to me, and it's it's super easy to to gather paper products or metal products, and you know sift and see if they are recyclable. You know, getting rid of the um, inserts for magazines that definitely aren't recyclable, um, and and not trying to you know burn them or uh, make other use for them because they have you know chemicals in them essentially, uh, that makes them not too good to burn. Uh, I, I think recycling is a, is a necessary part of the, the waste puzzle, but uh, we can do more on the steps even before recycling. But I'm, I'm glad to have talked about this, this topic uh, in its entirety. Uh, there is a difference between products that are single-use products and recyclable products, uh, definitely. So your your bags that you use, for example, those are essentially single-use. The founder actually, um, and his name escapes me right now, but I'll probably um, talk about his name maybe in a future episode. He had um, created the bags to be uh, multi-use and to be used over and over again but there there's a flimsiness uh, in these plastic bags and so you know to use more and more of them kind of caught on as an issue and so uh, the plastic bag evolved to be thicker in some ways but then also be used so much that it's it's almost like it's it's second nature to almost dispose of it you know some people think of it that way um, you know people could use canvas bags bamboo bags um, you know, mesh bags to use for carrying their their food, their groceries, their their retail items. You know, when shopping, I think that could be a a new wave of 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 people socially using bags in in those ways for those uses instead of using plastic bags. You know, for groceries. You know, why not use you know canvas bags? Or, you know, the thickest plastics that will essentially never uh, degrade. Um, I think that would be uh, optimal as well. Uh, Recyclable products are great, although um, some types of materials do not uh, last forever when they are recycled. So, for example, your plastics, even your thicker ones, they do have a point at which they uh, degrade so much that they're not viable uh, for selling or to make useful. And, and no one will, you know, use that product. So they end up chucking it to the landfills. Now, metal uh, products, those are amazing. You know, your soda cans can be used endlessly. Uh, aluminum foil, um, you know, make sure it's clean. And oftentimes that can be recycled too. And, you know, there's a there's a stark difference in uh, products that you can, you know, use once. And we should 
create a, there should be um, more avenues where we create products that can be used endlessly in a loop and not uh, single-use products uh, because our planet, you know, can't take that. Uh, when it comes to plastic-coated paper cups, I despise those, and I see them all the time, um, especially in coffee establishments. I don't, you know, drink coffee. I'm a tea person, but um, I remember when uh, places like Dunkin' Donuts and Starbucks, they used to just have their, you know, cups lined uh, with plastic on the inside, so they were troublesome to try and recycle. So you have to kind of beware of places like that, or even gas stations, or even at work, uh, sometimes where they'll have their, their cups be lined and you don't even know it, and you're like, how am I supposed to recycle this? I can't even reuse this. This is essentially a single-use product. That's another danger of uh, single-use products. So beware of that. You know, I would suggest getting a tumbler, a coffee tumbler that is cold and hot. Uh, definitely maybe, you know, 20 bucks or maybe less than that. Durable. It will last you for years, maybe a few decades if you're really, really careful. I advise those to the max, and I've, I've used my uh, Contigo bottle for number of years now, since uh, about 2017 or so, I love it. Uh, I use it mainly for cold, um, but it could do hot, but it doesn't do carbonated uh, beverages. And I got it from Target, and I love, love, love it. Uh, should recycling be incentivized? Sure. But also, there's a, there's a, um, a catch-22 with that, because you don't want to recycle so much that we're almost, we're, we're geared to recycle, but oftentimes... Most things uh, in, this, in the scheme of internationally rates of recycling are not huge. Places like Germany, Austria, Japan are the exceptions to the rule. Sweden, the exceptions to the rule. But um, internationally, it's, it's not, um, there aren't very high rates of recycling. It's not even 40%, 50% as far as um, the averaging of how the world recycles. But in the States, there are places where, of course, you can recycle things like your bottles, uh, containers and such, and, and you're rewarded and you get some cents uh, back for them. Places like California, Hawaii, Maine, and a few other states too, um, if there's no legislation in the works. Um, but most often, uh, I think there should be um, some in incentivizing for recycling, um, definitely, and making it more popular. You know, this movement has uh, taken on shape ever since the 1960s uh, in the U.S. and, you know, abroad, it's grown, but we still haven't had the highest uh, numbers of recycling rates uh, in the world, and, and that's a shame. Um, so to have recycling incentivized, I think that that would be optimal, but also um, costly if it can't be done successfully, and we shouldn't be making things to be recycled to get money for them because, as you know, it will just be doing it for the money and not for the other environmental benefits, uh, saving resources, uh, saving our planet, saving space, um, making things useful and, and, and be cost effective because they can be recycled uh, over and over again. Uh, there are some products that do feature recycling symbols, which is great, but uh, that may mean that they're just made from recycled you know, content um, and they can't necessarily be recycled again. Uh, the EPA, for example, um, has noted that paper can only be recycled five to seven times before it starts to really degrade itself. 
So that's a, another type of material that degrades after a certain point. Aluminum is, is not the same. It will not do that. Uh, but paper, plastic, um, you know, glass is, is great too. It can be recycled, um, of course. But as long as it's not, I think, broken before it's put into the recycling, recycling containers. Uh, briefly, I want to kind of talk about something uh, related, which is your pre-consumer content and post-consumer uh, content. Now, I learned uh, about pre-consumer content just in doing the research for this topic, post-consumer content I've been familiar with. So I just want to break it down uh, to you all who may not be familiar. So pre-consumer recycled content is in which... It's made from the manufacturer or the company, uh, from the company's waste, and hasn't yet made it to you, the consumer. So you'll see it as paper manufacturing trimmings or defective or obsolete aluminum cans or even obsolete inventory of products. And post-consumer recycled content is the opposite in which something has been used, uh, disposed of, or even made into something else from which it was before. So it's common in products like uh, cardboard materials, paper, journals even. I see that a lot. Um, and in some plastic products, um, containers, and even clothing. Sometimes you'll see it in clothing like from brands like from REI or Patagonia. Um, you'll see their materials from a recycled point of view. So it'll have post-consumer recycled content, maybe 35 or 50% or sometimes 100. Um, and sometimes you'll see it in t-shirts where they've been made uh, with post-consumer recycled content, maybe, um, you know, 20 uh, um, plastic bottles or a number or percentage of uh, the garment is made from uh, post-consumer recycled content. The Mother Earth Minutes is where we all review in the next few minutes for active things that we can do to combat the issue in the episode. And as always, protect Mother Earth. Now, you know the issue in the episode is about recycling and recycling properly and knowing uh, what we can recycle, whether it be from a plastic standpoint, paper standpoint, glass, or even metal standpoint. So simply, we're going to review common things that you know may not be uh, recyclable where you are. Maybe we have recycled these, maybe not known, um, and then giving some um, amazing resources for where you can look for information and then pop in, listen to some of my other podcast episodes that are related uh, to recycling. And so it will give you a, a whole new perspective um, and an overall uh, rounded perspective when it comes to uh, looking at materials, seeing how they can be recycled better, if they can be at all. And uh, for anything that you can't recycle, uh, finding out how you can properly dispose of it. So the first tip is to uh, look hard at uh, hard to recycle items if they can't even be recycled, period. And if they can't or if they can, just check with your county uh, officials, your parish, your town, your region, you know, your country, any standards uh, at the local level, state level, or even nationwide um, uh, where you live. But most often you're going to uh, check out your, your city or maybe your unincorporated or anything of that sort. And there's just a list of items where I lived that uh, these items can't be recycled. Uh, so uh, you have options to um, recycling them or maybe disposing of, disposing of them safely. Um, so anything um, 
that is a grocery bag, retail bag, trash, plastic bag, definitely that cannot be recycled uh, where I live in my county. But all I have to do is take it to my manufacturer, my, my grocer, um, or a store like that, mainly where it came from. And they'll definitely uh, recycle it. Bread bags are a no-no. I talked about that in uh, some some episodes uh, way back uh, that I, I found that bread bags are not recyclable where I live. So I'm, you know, chucking them and, and, and sending them to the grocery stores along with the, of course, uh, regular plastic bags, which I don't use. But if I did, then I would uh, just recycle them uh, to the grocery stores, to the supermarkets. Crinkle bags for cereals, pasta, and snack bags. Now, for, um, I don't eat a lot of cereal, but I do understand those crinkle bags. So, I would either make use of them or just stop buying cereal entirely for snack bags. Um, I use TerraCycle programs to uh, properly recycle those snack bags. I have a huge box. It probably has close to 200 snack bags over the past, like, two years or so. They're all cleaned, and so I just have to ship them to TerraCycle. Uh, dry cleaning bags, definitely where I live, cannot be recycled. I don't even use, I don't even dry clean my clothes, so this wouldn't really be an issue for me. So maybe there's another use for dry cleaning bags that you would have. Maybe you could store your, your clothes in them. Maybe you could, I don't know, design, you know, dry cleaning bags. Or maybe you could uh, use the wrap that wrapping for maybe a gift or something, you know, durable. Or maybe you could, you know, use it as packaging material for something else. Uh, wire and plastic uh, clothes hangers. Uh, I don't use too many of them and unfortunately they can't be recycled. So maybe you can donate them or um, maybe use them as a sculpture or something else. Um, There's probably some other use for wire hangers so you can definitely research a bit more for how to use those those wire hangers, plastic coat hangers. Uh, Fruit and vegetable bags, whether they be frozen or fresh, Uh, Most often, those will uh, not be uh, recyclable, um, unless it says otherwise, Uh, but for in my county, those definitely are not uh, recyclable. Uh, Garden product bags, like for mulch and soil, yeah, those are not uh, recyclable, and I hate the the plastic ones. I don't really um, use too, too much um, soil or additional mulch, uh, but I would love to go for, you know, the burlap sacks, uh, sort of canvas, those are heavy-duty, and those are definitely reusable. I would opt for those over anything plastic um, uh, as a as a base for your product of you know, mulch or soil. Newspaper bags, those are useful because you can put um, uh, other types of items in them, uh, like you know old um, you know coins or something like paper or you know scrap paper, whatever you can. You can wrap those around the newspaper bags and hang those on a knob somewhere on the back of a door, but in my county, uh, those are not uh, generally recyclable. Now, zipper or stand-up pouches, cling wrap, bubble wrap, I get it. Those are not recyclable. Um, so what you could do is either have another use for those. I I don't generally um, use them as often as I'd like because they do get dirty pretty easily, and again, they're not recyclable. So maybe find another use for them that lasts some time. Like I use, um, I use them sometimes for batteries, and you kind of just put the batteries in the bag and you kind of forget about it. But, you know, when you have dead batteries, you know where to put it. Uh, cling wrap 
uh, I hate, I don't use cling wrap, I use the bees uh, wraps, which I've talked about in uh, the um, eco-friendly, the uh, product uh, segment uh, uh, that I talk about, the Eco Company Spotlight. I talked about it probably in December of 2019-ish, if I'm not mistaken, and I had a fun time talking about it because uh, the bees wraps, that stuff is amazing, and it is, you know, lined um, uh, food container wraps uh, with uh, uh, bees wax and it lasts for a long time and you get your money's worth and it comes in different colors, sizes, uh, really um, great price and it lasts for a long time. Just wash in cold water and dry and you'll be good to go. Bubble packaging or bubble wrap. Uh, I would use those for gifts um, or for presents or just shipping things. Definitely handy f- uh, for a box or something that's pretty um, hefty and you need to ship it. Definitely use bubble wrap uh, instead of trying to chuck it in a recycling bin. And the things um, uh, is the outer wrappings for your uh, sodas, juices, snacks, or meat products, cheese products, um, or even wrappings for your napkins, paper towels, diaper packages. Most often, those will not be recyclable unless otherwise uh, specified, or maybe where you live, maybe they are. But for me, I'm noting that okay, those things are not recyclable. So either I cut back on buying those those products. I just cut them out entirely or find alternatives. That's totally fine uh, for me. Uh, Number two tip is to check out my other related uh, recycling podcast episodes. So I have uh, just a few. I have one that I did, uh, the top 10 techniques to recycle better. I did that back on November 21st, 2019. Uh, And then uh, there is how to properly dispose of used batteries. Uh, That was from uh, August 15th, uh, 2019. And then also... Uh, researchers a new sorting game teaches through fun and it's addictive and uh, I did that back on December 27th uh, 2018 so I had a, a real good time uh, doing all of uh, those different uh, episodes and I really enjoyed uh, doing them Number three, and the last one, is to check out and utilize uh, different types of recycling resources for anything that you're unsure of and maybe you're, where you live isn't doing you justice or you just want some additional info. There are different websites that have uh, so much uh, information and wealths of information out there. Uh, places like earth911.com, I love that website. They have recycling information, resources, articles, quizzes. You can watch videos on there, receive newsletters, and you can even use their app for free, of course. It is uh, iRecycle. You can also go to search.earth911.org and uh, you can search with your zip code or um, uh, you can go to a couple other different sites and with Earth 911, they're available only in North America. So uh, Canada, US, of course, and also Mexico. Uh, now, when it comes to uh, other places, something like another great website is RecycleNow.com. It has recycling information, resources, articles. You can search for common uh, recycled items or recyclable items. You can just go to www.recyclenow.com and then go to local recycling. And that's available in the UK. And then lastly, in Australia. Uh, you can go to the government site of uh, energy.gov.au and then go to households and reducing waste. All of those uh, websites are specific uh, to those regions and those are you know, some of the 
uh, places around the world where I have listeners, so I figured to kind of make it diversified in all those resources. giant pandas who live together in a Hong Kong zoo for 13 years finally get around to mating after the zoo closes because of the coronavirus pandemic. That fact was found and sourced from the Sierra Club Sierra Magazine in the July-August 2020 issue. All right, ladies and gents, we have come to the amazing point in the program here at Greener Thoughts, the Eco Company Spotlight, which is where we learn, and you learn mostly, about amazing environmental companies uh, that I've, I've tried. I love these uh, companies that I get to, you know, experience, and you know, I've been a fan of. I've loved their products for some time, and I love sharing all of that with you. And uh, if you have, of course, uh, any ones that you love for me to, of course, check out and experience and you want to communicate that to me, you can always email me or send me a voice message, of course. I've been doing reviews uh, for all types of different brands, um, from apparel to uh, beauty and, uh, and food. Uh, across the whole spectrum of different uh, services and products for a while now, since February 2019. And I have an amazing one called Gold Thread for you all. And it is um, amazing because Gold Thread uh, operates through sustaining amazing relationships and positive relationships and impacts with their growers, their producers, and guardians of medicinal plants and traditional plant wisdom all across our wonderful world. Gold Thread is a plant-based tonic company founded by clinical herbalist uh, uh, and licensed acupuncturist uh, William Sif and his wife Edith Sif. And uh, he and his wife are empowering people to drink more plants, all things super herbs, adaptogens, spices like your ginger, matcha, turmeric, nettle, and others. They travel across the world to source their herbs from regions where they are most potent and cultivate amazing relationships with the people there, the farmers, those who make their products pop. And they've practiced uh, natural health and wellness techniques for over, for nearly, I should say, 20 years. Gold Thread products are great because they are gluten-free, non-GMO, project verified, they contain and have recyclable packaging, and they are vegan. Now, with their products, they have many different flavors, many different kinds. There's something for everybody. And so they have flavors like their Berry Power, their Elderberry Defense, Green Minerals, Hawaii Ginger, Honey Rose, Japanese Matcha, Lavender Bliss, Lemon Zen, Mint Condition, Tulsi Clarity, and Turmeric Radiance. I love all those names. They just... Uh, they just float off my tongue and I gotta say I love the product so much I would get any other one of their products as well I've tried and I love 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 the Hawaiian ginger flavor that they have I bought it at Target I was like this is a cute little packaging and it was it was 
unique simplistic paper packaging with the glass bottle um you know beautiful to shake up uh, isn't um you know um a bad consistency beautiful different flavor a hawaiian ginger which i didn't even know um you know hawaii had ginger but you know that makes sense because mostly ginger you'll see it and and it'll be grown in tropical places your island regions hot humid climates of the world it has punchy flavor um, one that has great benefits as well very healthy it says they're all on the bottle super refreshing it's great for a pick-me-up maybe you can heat it up if you if, if you would like to but I love drinking their tonics at a room temperature or even cold I love cold drinks um, and when drinking a you know cold beverage I love it you know from, pop from the fridge so I would suggest that as well um, but you could maybe use it you know in a, a different way a heated way or mix it maybe with something else if you want something a bit strong as well it can be hard to find in stores if you're not really familiar or live um, near one of these stores I'll mention a little bit later but you can uh, definitely buy from them online at their store which is very very useful I love that you can have this definitely as a, a breakfast item alone or with something else for lunch, pick me up, or maybe with dinner if you're feeling a little bit adventurous. It's for those who are health minded, um, want to enhance uh, their um, you know, botanical sphere, maybe want to add more things like ginger, more herbs. Um, to their uh, diet and they want to uh, experiment. This is for somebody who's adventurous, who loves uh, worldly flavors and who wants to definitely uh, get more goodness into their bodies. I give it definitely a five out of five thumbs, green thumbs up. I want to try more flavors like their berry powder, power, their elderberry defense, um, their honey rose, lemon zen. I could try more of the flavors. Definitely will. Great prices uh, all around. The packaging is of glass, so it's reusable, recyclable, which is great, especially what we talked about in the episode. And their prices are amazingly, uh, you know, simple. Um, usually their drink itself will be $4 or maybe less US dollars and for their packs online in the store there they'll be $27.50 for a six-pack now uh, gold thread uh, herbs you can definitely find them uh, in store or online uh, you can go to goldthreadherbs.com they have their online shop and you can buy them wholesale uh, you can check them out on uh, Amazon.com, in uh, health co-ops or natural stores uh, all across the U.S. I tried searching online in, in like uh, international markets or their store locator, which is on their site. And I tried to um, search for different um, countries and they're not really available, at least as far as I can tell, internationally. So they're available in, on these different places and in, in these uh, different stores. Uh, you'll find them also in Mom's Organic Market. Target, Wegmans, Yes Organic, and tons of other stores in the U.S. Gold Thread Herbs can be found on the following social media platforms of Facebook at Gold Thread, on Instagram at Drink Gold Thread, all one word, all lowercase. You can find them also on LinkedIn at Gold Thread, on uh, Pinterest at Gold Thread, and Twitter at Gold Thread Tonics, and YouTube at Gold Thread Herbs. I recently became a subscriber. To contact Gold Thread Herbs, you can go to their website, of course, Gold Thread Herbs, 
gmail.com and then go to contact us at the bottom of their website to either email them or message them directly. everybody thank you for coming back and tuning in to this amazing podcast episode about some recycled codes and how we can you know decipher these symbols how we can distinguish what is recyclable when it's you know compostable when it's uh, not um, safe to recycle that's super important I don't want anyone getting confused uh, about when something uh, should be uh, recycled and maybe confusing it with something that maybe can be or testing that because it could be really dangerous. And so I'm, I'm glad that we visited this topic and I learned some things and uh, reinforced some um, things I already knew. But uh, I hope that you enjoyed this and you come back for some more podcast episodes in the future. Uh, thank you for um, you know coming and listening to this amazing good info here. I hope to share and provide another amazing podcast episode coming up in the future. But until then, you all take care of yourselves and the planet and be safe out there. Take care. Bye.